This is your Frederick Real Estate Update, a conversation about the regional real estate market with tips for buyers and sellers. Your hosts, REMAX Results, Darren Ahern, and Presidential Bank Mortgages, Terry Kernan. Hey, folks, welcome back to your Frederick Real Estate Update. I am Darren Ahern with REMAX Results, and I have with me back from Vegas who won the jackpot, Mr. Terry Kernan. <laughs> How much uh, money did you bring home? Uh, well, in my, my, you know, we have a group text with our children, and uh, uh, Joey texted, so did you win anything? I said, no, I lost your inheritance, if that helps. <laughs> I love it. So, um, no, it was great. It was wonderful. We uh, had a great time. It was just good to finally get away and kind of shut down. You know, we talked about goals at the beginning of the year. Uh, New Year's Day, we were talking about goals, and basically one of my goals is to travel more, and Mary Susan and I did that. So uh, we got away. We had a wonderful time. We did hiking around the um, Red Rock Canyon, if you ever go out there. Yep. Spend a day out at the Red Rock is fabulous. Um, and just seeing and reading about it is just very cool. Do you guys go to Hoover Dam? No, we do that every other year. Okay, so you've seen it. Yeah. You've so, gone down below and saw the turbines and the... Haven't been in the dam, but what, oh. we, what we do do... Mary Sue and I lo- love to hike. And so what we do do is about three or four... About three miles uh, before mm-hmm. the Hoover Dam yep. as you're driving out there... There's a parking lot, mm-hmm. and basically a trail hikes up to the Hoover Dam, and it's the railroad trail that brought all the supplies up. Yep. And you walk along kind of a cliff, but it's a wide cliff. It's not, you know, where you're going to be afraid, but that's a beautiful hike. And, and yeah, but the Hoover Dam is just a, a cool. unbelievable. I told you to go to Aria Hotel, my favorite place there, and shows and fun things. But um, I love roulette. I don't play the slots and all that. I love the roulette, man. I one time put everything, the max they allow you to put, because, you know, they have limits. Mm-hmm. I, I did it. I, I was like 10 minutes from leaving to go to the airport after a REMAX conference, and I was tired of losing. Okay. And I just went for broke, and I said, darn it, it's either going to be black or red. I'm going for broke. I'm putting all my money. I put all the chips on the red, and I said, I'm either going home crying or I'm going home happy. And it came on. It bounced from the black into the red, and the girl at the table looked at me with a big smile on her face. I gave her a nice tip. I ain't telling you how much I brought home, but let's just say it was happy plane ride home from That's Vegas. That's awesome. But Good other call. than that, I think I broke even. So, All right, let's get into it today, guys. Thanks so much for listening. Make sure you go back at WFMD.com and our drop-down for your Frederick Real Estate Update because Terry and I have now today 240th shows. So we've got lots of info. Really? Last week, yeah, 240. So we started on land and everything like that already, and we're going to continue today on that. But there has been a lot in the market, but we want to hear from you, 301-694-9363. I got so excited last week, producer over there is like, you got the phone number wrong. You know, he's going crazy and stuff. So 301-694-9363. I got it memorized forever. And make sure you can text in also and it'll come in. We'll get your question, but we want to hear your voice out there and make sure you call in. Okay. So Terry, let's get into it. What's happening in the mortgage world? Rates have gone up and they continue to go up. And a lot of what we talked about um, in December is happening faster than I thought. Yep. Okay. Rates have gone up faster. Um, probably a month ago, uh, rates were at 3%. Now we're in the 3.75% range. I didn't think we were going to get to this area until May or June. Until May or June. Yep. We're already here. What's causing it? Well, the first thing is, is the, the thing that's causing it, it, the elephant in the room is inflation. And we've talked about 
inflation, inflation, inflation. But just to go over a couple of numbers is um, what happened yesterday that sent the uh, mortgage market uh, on the climb again, rates on the climb again, is the job market. The job numbers came out. Uh, We created 467,000 jobs um, in the month of January. That uh, came off the heels of 510,000 for December. Mm Mm-hmm. So now we're at unemployment of 4%. It was 3.9. It ticked up a little bit because of adjusted numbers, but it's basically 4%. When the pandemic hit, we were at 3.5%, which is basically zero, yeah. zero unemployment in my mind. So unemployment is very low, and is what's making sense is wages have gone up in the last year by 5.7%. So people say, wow, so this inflation is fine. The inflation is going up over seven percent. Yep. Okay. Dollars so, so we're so we're not keeping up with inflation, and that is not good. Okay. So what's got to happen is the rate hike, and the rate hike that we've been talking about is going to happen in March. The Feds are going to reconvene in March, and they're going to raise rates. You heard it on this show first. Yes, you did. Today, mark your calendar. Yep. But I'm going to guess that they're going to have to bump them a half a point. Whoo! Okay. Lock I'm, and load, I'm in baby. The, I'm in the minority here because, but Chairman Powell is a big listener of the show, big fan. Um, and he'll probably, you know, give my opinion at the next meeting. But basically, I really think that they have to make a statement. And I think they got to make a real tough decision here. Yeah. But I think they've got to pull that trigger and go with a half point jump. And that will stop things a lot faster. And people are going to say, whoa, what just happened there? And it's going to cause a lot of anxiety. And But this inflation is real. Um, uh, when Mary Sue and I were driving home, uh, we got a cab, uh, Uber driver, young, young man. Um, and he, very nice young man, and he was talking about... Um, uh, grocery shopping. And he said, you know, he said, I don't have a lot of money. I'm a student. I drive. So I don't go out to eat. I buy the same things. And he said, my weekly bill has gone from $52 approximately worth of groceries. Buy the same things. And he says, it cost me $87 now. Yeah. And so I think that that story, just hearing this young kid um, who's a you know twenty two year old college student, you know a hard worker, and he basically said, you know it doesn't sound like a lot of money, but to me it is. Yeah. And um, so I really believe that we're going to see a half point hike, um, and nobody is really talking about it yet. But I think that that's what's going to happen, and um, our, our rates will probably go four percent or above. Um, in the mortgage market, yep, and then we're going to see a slowdown in the demand, which I think will in turn increase the supply. Yeah, yeah, we're definitely going to have to see that. Speaking of inflation, I mean, Terry, just this morning I filled my Jetta up, you know, diesel, the highest ever. I've had the car three years, and it was like $46 ever two weeks, a week ago, $52 today. I'm like, did I miss something overnight? I'm serious. I mean, this is... 
all of it. But, uh, hey, that's another story. But, yeah, I didn't think we'd ever it cost me over $50 to fill my Jetta up and all that. But, hey, and even my son, who's driving my old little Honda Fit, is flipping out because now it's over $35. And it used to be 25 you know, a year or two ago or whatever. So, yeah, this is what we're seeing. Same with groceries. I mean, I feed. There's eight of us. Imagine that, Bill. Wow. I'm flipping that, and I don't do a lot of the shopping, you know. My wife does, and and all of a sudden, it's like, holy cow, I go one time, and I'm like, I just walked out with four bags, and it was over $100. Can somebody tell me what I have in these bags besides gold, maybe? So, yeah, this is what we're seeing. All those numbers are good. That's the thing. Listen, I know the instruction. I've been telling our buyers, like, get with you, lock in. Just, if they can, like, let's go, let's go, let's go, Brandon, if you will, because, come on now, because... Yeah, I mean, you know, it's the and the prices. Here's the thing: the demand. Let's look at the numbers real quick, Terry. Uh, last week, this week we hit the low. Remember, I, I said it to you. I was flipping out. You were like coming back from Vegas. Eighty-six Wednesday. Eighty-six resale homes. Like we were flipping out over ninety-nine. We went to ninety eighty-six today. There was a nice bump in the market though. Friday and, and, and yesterday, I guess. Hundred and one today resales. Two hundred eighteen total homes for sale. The average time of the market went down. It went from 18 days to now 14. Okay. Okay? And 475 median price holding pretty steady. There's 117 new construction, which is down. Okay. We were always at 125, 150. We're down to 117. And coming soon, uh, this is the good news is instead of 41 like last week, we're at 59. So That's there's a, a little jump. bump. But still, I say until we hit 100 coming soon's. Um, I'm telling you, we're just really going to stay in this. There's gridlock. Here's what's going on. We're back to the thing I called gridlock. I've got sellers that want to sell, but they won't sell. We can't put a for sale sign in the yard for most of them, not all of them, because some of them, they don't need to find something around here. They're renting. They're retiring. They're going to Florida. They're going here, there. They've got other things that aren't a factor of staying and looking and getting a home right here. They've already got other plans that are working for them. Um, or they already have another place. I've got some that already have another place. I've got two people right now. They're ready to sell in the next week or two, and they're, they already got their place. They're lying, They're done. They're good. So that's the stuff that's not what we call non-gridlock. Gridlock is the sellers that right now say, well, this is great, Darren. We'd love to sell for top dollar. This is wonderful. The market's doing great. There's tons of buyers. But where are we going to go? Where are we going to go? You, the, the stuff you're sending to me, are, there's nothing out there. So, um, so pending, I want to ap- apologize. Who, Terry, I messed up last week. I said under contract 280. That was wrong. Um, that was wrong number. It's 698 under contract. Okay, I should have caught that, but I didn't. Last sold in the last 30 days, Terry, was uh, this week was 246, and last week it was 260. There are um, 30 temporary home off the markets. This is somebody they want to know every so often. Expires and withdrawns. Like, why would a seller ever, like, have a house come off the market? This is the best time ever to sell or whatever. We had 36 of those in the last month. And what are those? You name it. People that are divorcing, kiss and make up. The real estate sign goes out of the yard. Um, You know, grandma and grandpa died. The kids were going to just sell it. And then all of a sudden, one of them goes, wait a minute. I want to live in the house now. Not so fast. And then, you know, I've heard it all. There are so many reasons why a home is for sale and why it comes off the market in a week. 
two weeks. Usually it's in the first three days, especially the market we're in now and stuff like that. So I did have that question asked to me, you know, how many homes are not selling? Like who would ever take their house off this market? Why are these expired and withdrawns? Is that even a possibility? Oh, there is an element, Terry, of still people that overprice it so much that they're not selling. Mm-hmm. I just had a this last week, there's a house in Hagerstown. They live out of state, the whole family. They've called me twice. The house was on the market for three months, three and a half, four months. It just came off the market Friday. It expired out. Those were one of those that was overpriced. And I said, look, I went and saw the house before. I said, here's where you need to be, X, Y, Z. They didn't like it. They're pigeonholed. I said, you want to sell or not? This is the most you're ever going to get in the history of my real estate career in Frederick County, Washington County, whatever. So we finally are getting there now, but they it was one of those situations where like, well, can we try this for like 45 days? And I said, time out, mm, blow the whistle, flag on the yeah. field, 15-year-old penalty roughing the realtor, if you will. Time out a minute. How many times do I have to tell you? No, you've already been on the market. It's stigmatized. And no, it's six showings or two weeks. If you don't have an offer, you're dead. Somebody just shot a bullet through you as a seller. You don't even know it yet. You're bleeding out. You've got to deal with the price if you don't have an offer by six showings in two weeks. Not 30 days, not 45. Well, what about the high end? What if my home's a million dollars? That is a different conversation. Absolutely. But I'm talking about a place that's under $200,000. Are you kidding me? It's less than a flipping rent payment. You should be sold in two days if you're priced right. So the one you're talking about is under two hundred thousand. Yeah, it's like one fifty nine. Really? <laughs> yes. All right, but anyways, this is what sellers need to know. This is why we're here to share how to get you the most money, the most multiple offers, the best deal in the home yards. But at the same time, on the other side of that edged sword is I have a townhouse here. I'm helping a buyer in Jefferson Chase, right over here in Frederick. Beautiful townhouse. It's a four-up, no back-to-backs. It's the larger of the square feet of the other models over there in Jefferson Chase. And full price, we got it under contract, multiple offers, $385. Guess what? Appraisal comes in at $355. $30,000 difference. Are you kidding me? First wow. thing I did when I got the appraisal back, I looked at it, and guess what? The appraiser's from two hours away, Your Honor. Really? Somebody doesn't understand back-to-backs, four-ups, this, that, end-unit, side model, this, that, blah, blah, blah. Hello. Come on. Wow. Yeah, there were four major – I'm not being critical. Listen, I want to be careful. I'm not putting down the – I'm not going to tell you who it is. Here's the bottom line. I found four major, not minor, major errors with the appraisal within three minutes of looking it over. I sent it back to the buyer's lender, and I said – Jerry McGuire, help me help you. (laughs) He laughed, saw it, goes, holy cow, this is not a stable market. It's increasing. It's this, it's that. There are some significant square footage, the comp. So anyways, the bottom line is this. I represent the buyer. So somebody out there is probably listening and saying, wasn't this great for your buyer? Yes and no. (laughs) A $30,000 shortfall in the appraisal, okay? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, That fine, whatever. But that's not the real number. We already know it's not. She, she even knew it wasn't. I mean, that's 10%. I mean, that's huge. Over. That's like catastrophic. Here's the bigger problem. Even if they come back, like like my seller, my buyer's good with it being a little higher. They, they If it doesn't, like, here's the bottom line. 
they can't they don't have the cash to make up the difference. Okay. Which means if this appraiser doesn't come up in value to where the other comparables like those are, my buyer can't buy the property. Because they don't have the additional cash. They don't have the shortfall of it unless the seller agrees to come down more, which I can tell you now, knowing the comparables and what's what, they're probably not going to come down. So this is a rat's nest I'm going to deal with this week. Is it a local lender? It doesn't sound like it's a local lender. Yes, it is. Really? It's a lo- yes, it's a Frederick local lender, and I'm okay. not going to mention. No, hard. no, no, and but I don't want to know. But, it just doesn't. It, but it's sound not the right. lender's. Here's the thing: it's not the lender's fault, as you know, Terry. You're a lender. It's not the lender's fault, Your Honor. It's the appraiser. Whoever gets it assigned to the appraiser, it's their job. And and the good part is the the seller, the seller's agent, appealed it. They sent in new data. They sent in the questionable things because okay. they're allowed to do it. Um, and and not you know not to go outside of our lines of pursuing or like putting pressure on manipulating and controlling an appraiser, but to give data that may be incorrect in clarification and all those, which is which is relevant. Now, will it get changed? Who knows? It should. I mean, it's pretty blatant. But but the bottom line is the local uh, uh, lender here is awesome, and, and it's not their fault at all. I'm not blaming them. Um, the bottom line is we'll probably get this worked out. My biggest fear is like, oh, shoot, we don't want to have a shortfall so bad that the buyer now can't even get the property. And then it's bad for the seller because it's not accurate as far as some of the other comps or whatever in the whole nine yards. It's just that far off. So, Well, that's why it's so very important. So what we do is, is like you said, there's a appraisal management company. And the, the nice thing is what we're able to do and what I've done is – they allow me to create a panel mm-hmm. of Frederick appraisers for the Frederick area for the Frederick homes, okay? And so any appraiser that gets it, you know, I know the appraiser, A. I'm not allowed to call and talk to him and, you know. Yeah, we can't do that. We can't do that. But we can put together a panel where all the appraisers are local. And yeah. Kenny McLean's been on the show and Wayne Six and, you know, oh, on, many and on, others, on. Yeah. and on and on. And yeah, I've got 10 up here, but... But yeah, that's a uh, that's frustrating. Yeah, and it happens, and that's the thing. Again, it's not the and it's not the lender's fault. It's just their round robin pick of the litter. Whoever's up next, whoever takes on the order, and blah blah blah. But when I saw like where they were from and all that, I'm like thinking, how in the world did they miss some of these little integral things that are pretty factual? So it's all good though because it's going to get worked out. Let's get into lots. Okay, Terry, I got a family. Check it out. We're driving around. They, they're thinking we're going to buy a resale home, right? Okay. We're looking at resale homes. We're just like, but we get further in the country. And we're in the suburban. The windows are down. It's the springtime. It's wonderful. The kids are behaving. As a realtor, I'm having fun. They're getting to know the area. And we're driving and we're driving and driving. And all of a the sudden, they look out the window and the wife says, there's a real estate sign, land for sale. Look at the rolling hills, the mountain view in the background. The neighbors are really far apart, and I can see it now. The 5,000-square-foot mansion with the picket fence and the kids playing in the background on the trampoline and dog running in the front yard. We got chickens walking around. We got our goats. We've got cattle. We are self-sufficient. I want to build. I want to build my dream house. I don't want to live 10 feet away from the neighbor in Urbana. Okay. So that's the scenario, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it, it, so many people are frustrated right now that I think if if everybody could build a house, they would. Well, yeah. So this family's excited. 
Stop the car. Real stage. I pull into the dirt gravel road. Er, slam on the brakes in the Suburban. Everybody flies through the front windshield. Not really. And all of a sudden, they're like, let's walk the land. How big is it? What is it? How much is it? And there, oh, there it is. <laughs> it's five acres, and it's gorgeous and rolling hills and everything. And so here's the, here's the scenario I'm setting up for you. <laughs> Did you say you had $800,000 cash in your bank, Mr. and Mrs. Buyer? Because that's what it's going to start being that anymore. Here's how I know that. I'm helping a family now looking at places. And um, the last three lots, like in the one section, just got sold over there and lost my mind next to Walkersville High School. Brand new builds, Ryan Homes, $700,000. Wow. <laughs> but, I, I mean, tomorrow I head out to Orlando for the builder convention. So, you know. Oh, you're going to get. So a lot I do of it. a lot of construction loans, and I do a lot of, and and that is, you know, it's very hard to find a lot these days. And if you do see a lot, I get calls saying, "Hey, I just saw this lot for seventy five thousand dollars." And I said, "Well, there's a catch. <laughs> something, something is, something's uh, something's bad. That th- there is something that is, you know, the reason it's seventy five thousand dollars, and it could be an unperkable lot. It could be." you know, an unbuildable lot. So, yeah, but go ahead. So we're going to continue on in the next uh, seven minutes, eight minutes here. And if you have a question or you've bought a lot for sale, you've done this, you've been down this path. We, we do want to hear from you. I want to know this, Terry. I want to know from our listeners, whoever's built a new home on land, you know, um, what have you encountered? What have you dealt with if you've done this in the last year or two and stuff like that? Because the rules change. And so I've called this show. So you want to buy some land, do you? So here's the thing. This, okay, Terry, this is really important there. I, I'm helping two people right now with doing this, okay? This is why I'm doing this because there's a lot I'm dealing with it and people want to do this and it's popular and all this stuff like that. Okay, land is in a completely different animal. Not every real estate agent knows how to deal with land, selling it, mm-hmm. buying it. This is like really complex stuff. You got to know a lot of stuff. In fact, it's so complex. I have in my binder sitting in front of me an entire checklist of like tons of things you've got to pay attention to from top to bottom. When I sell a lot, I go through this with the seller. When I'm helping somebody buy it, I try to get all of this that I possibly can. So number one is um, number one is the zoning status with planning and zoning. Okay, very important. All right, huge. Okay. Has this, like, what is the zoning status? Is it zone residential? Is it zone VC, village commercial? I'm getting ready to deal with one in Myersville that's that. Uh, village commercial means you can live in it, like a place where you can live in it. You can have a business there. and whole Is it commercial? Is it, like, what zoning? Is it is it conservation, forest, forest conservation? That means you can't go in and start lumberjacking and taking trees out like crazy. Um, the biggest thing, Terry, is this. If it's not zoned residential, or residential, okay, all yeah. right, or a PUD or any of that, but in, or subdivisional rights and things which change some of the zoning potentials and things like that. But here's the bottom line of it. If it's zoned ag, it's zoned ag, okay? Mm-hmm. And now you come in, it's been off of either a remain, it's a remainder of a farm a lot that's never been sold, or if it's already been subdivided down, and we have the five-acre rule and some grandfather rules, and I'm not going to go into all that right now. But the bottom line is, if it's a lot that's still in ag, <laughs> okay. the first thing I want to know is this, the ag taxes, 
Who's paying them? Because if the seller is a seller paying, is a buyer paying, how much are they? And guys, this can be thousands and thousands and thousands of surprise dollars that no one knows about until the title company comes back and says, who's paying the ag tax of like 6000 bucks here? And, and it could be more. And, and just, just to be clear and make sure that we're on the same page here, mm-hmm. what Darren's talking about is if you have a piece of land in ag, zoned agricultural, and you're going to take it out of agricultural and turn it into residential, yep. then that break that they've been getting for all those years on the taxes, somebody has to pay that difference now. Yep. And that is a big surprise, and that's very important. But you can build yeah. and keep it in ag. Yes, you can. If the highest and best use is residential. Right. So, so you can avoid that if you keep it in ag. Right. But but if you're going to be taking it out to subdivide it, like a 20-acre parcel and subdivide, then then there's lots and lots of fees like you fees. can't imagine. Yes. Yeah. And that's on the bigger properties. Now, let's say it's like a 10-acre lot. I've had this, like a farmette. Farmettes are, what, 25 acres and under, we kind of call Farmette now. And so all of a sudden, they can come in and then say, wait a minute. Um, we're still going to do we're, – we're going to do something with ag. We're gonna, the best highest use still that. But we need one acre. We're going to take out one acre to put in residential to build the house. So, therefore, it's a percentage. It's a portion of it that's now going to be taxed within that. But the other part. But here's the thing. You can't say you're going to, yeah, we're going to have a little farm and garden there. We're going to grow some corn and this and that. Or the farmer brown next door is going to continue to use it like that. That's going to get checked on. Like you still, you legitimately have to still maintain that, that, that in place. Yes. And the problem is, <laughs> some people want to know what happens if I don't. What happens if I don't get a tractor and I don't do any ag, or the farmer doesn't know more? Does it? You're going to pay. You're going to get in trouble. Like you got, you've got to follow the rules and ordinances and guidelines within the plan and zoning things that are in place. That's the bottom line. Okay, and I have found that to be true. Where people have, how do we get around it? What do, you know? Hey, plan and zoning, get with them. But that's the first thing I look at. The other thing that happens with zoning, Terry, is downgrading zoning. Okay, where it's been. Uh, general commercial, village commercial, it's been something as a higher grade, higher value zoning of some sort for whatever reason, but then it gets downgraded, okay? okay. Um, the other big thing with land is if there was an existing building on the property at one time, a home that sat there before. Yes. And that's happened. And so oh, downgrade, lots of times. Yeah. So these are the things, guys, that we, that I as an agent, I pay attention to really, really quick. Next big thing is like previous current leases, uh, plan and zoning with them about zoning. The next big thing is subdivisional rights. Okay. Does it have subdivisional rights? Sometimes it could. It could be grandfathered in. Okay. Those are things that we look in uh, right away. Um, I've had lots where they weren't sure, and then I looked into it and found out they did. The best one I ever had with four lots of record on Hayes Road in Myersville years ago. Mm-hmm. That was amazing. That was like the needle in the haystack, we call it. Right. That was crazy. But hey, park approved, gets done. No one else ever did it before, and boom, it worked out fine. Ordinances, woo, HOA. Here's the thing. Somebody says, oh, I'm buying a lot, five, ten acres, I'm building a house on. There ain't no HOA out here. There's only three or four other homes. Not so fast. Covenant, Your Honor. One of the big things I look at is covenants. What are covenants? Are they? Here's the thing. Covenants are weird. They're like recorded. They're there. Title company, even if like the owner, like the person that has the lot and the listing agent for that land, when you ask about covenants, they're like, 
Covenants, I'm not sure. I never asked that. That's something that gets overlooked, I find, a lot. Quite often. I go right away to our title companies, and I say, hey, look, can you pull this up and see if there's any covenants? Do you know nine out of ten times there are? Here's what happens. Some of them are so old and so dated, and the people that used to live there on a house in this little area, they're, like, dead and gone. Like, it's one of those, like... Who's alive to enforce these? <laughs> Does that yes. make sense? Oh, yeah. I, I saw covenants one time that were um, like 150 years old, <laughs> and they and they basically said— um, You can't have more than 100 rest, cows on the, the lot. Well, it, it basically <laughs> said the rest of the lot owners, the rest of the property owners, get to decide whether you can buy this land or not. <laughs> I was like— Discrimination. Fair housing just went out the window. And so, uh, <laughs> so we had to address that. But it was, it, it was just kind of like, wow, this is, you know, the library folio was extreme. Like it was, it was just it's amazing. Old. Yeah, yeah. And these are the things that sometimes we get people together and like, 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 let's update it because there are things that are so outdated that aren't even relative. The last one I just had was they were like, we're not going to buy that lot. We can't have a camper over twenty five feet long. Ours is thirty. Time out, wait a minute, and all of a sudden we talk to the four other people that live in the community, the, the area, and the guy has a 40-foot motorhome in the driveway, and he's like, well, I've had my motorhome here five years. Nobody's told me. I didn't know about it. So that's the kind of stuff we encounter. So, all right, guys, next week we're going to talk about plats, surveys, deed, title search, environment issues, wetlands, zoning. Oh, man, I'm going to start getting into a lot more stuff. Make sure you tune in. We want to know your story. Have an awesome weekend. Happy buying and selling. Take care now. Looking to purchase a home or refinance your existing mortgage? If so, Lawyer Signature Settlements is here to assist you with that process. Lawyer Signature Settlements is a local attorney-owned title company with over 100 years of combined experience conveniently located in Frederick, Maryland. We are licensed to conduct closings in the states of Maryland, Pennsylvania, Virginia, and West Virginia. With two attorneys on staff here at Lawyer Signature Settlements, we ensure the most thorough review process paired with affordable rates, accommodating scheduling, and outstanding customer service. So next time you need to place your signature on closing documents, call Lawyer Signature Settlements at 301-695-1235 or visit us on the web at www.signaturesettlements.com. We hope to see you at the closing table. Hello, this is Terry Kernan with Presidential Bank Mortgage in downtown Frederick. And the best way to reach me always is on my cell phone at 301-639-9244, 301-639-9244. Or you can always email me at tkernan at presidential.com. And this is Darren Ahern from REMAX Results. You can reach me anytime, 240-344-1713. Again, it's 240-344-1713 or at DarrenAhern at gmail.com. Thanks so much for tuning in to your Frederick Real Estate Update. We will see you each and every Saturday right here on WFMD at 11 o'clock.